0: Hi, and welcome to episode 109 of Invest in EU. And uh, today we are going to be interviewing Chris Stafford from, uh, where are you right now? I didn't hear that. San Francisco. San Francisco.
1: Awesome. Right, perfect. So on the podcast today, we've got Frederick and Ivan and, and, and Charlie. All right. And like uh, we just heard, we got Chris uh, from all across the pond. So one reason why we're on this call is... Uh, Chris has got a team, which has been very proactive and they've connected us. And we use this fantastic platform, which is called LinkedIn, where you can find lots of good people. And uh, there we are. So yeah.
2: So Christopher, what do you respond to the typical question? What do you do? What do I do? Oh my
3: God. Well, I am a real estate agent. I sell real estate in San Francisco. I've been doing that for about 25 plus years. I started off as a CPA, which uh, is an accounting certified accountant, working for a large company called PricewaterhouseCoopers. I did that for about 11 years and then went into real estate and then I wrote a book called Massive Abundance, How to Create Passion, Purpose and Prosperity in Your Life. And out of that, I started coaching real estate agents across the United States. So that's what I do
0: um can you tell us something that uh not so many people know that you are really proud of
3: about my what about anything your life basically oh that just that i'm really goofy i'm silly (laughs) (laughs) my whole philosophy is about you know whatever you're doing in life you should have to you have to have a lot of fun doing it yeah because you know whatever you're doing in life if you're not having fun doing it it's just it's just drudgery and it's not you're never going to do it. You're never going to do it right. And you're not going to do it consistently. So
0: Yeah, it defeats the meaning of life, which yeah. in my opinion is having fun because it's yeah. nice to have fun.
1: Makes sense. Cool. Uh, yep. Yes, Dr. Be Curiosus, because we don't know each other before this podcast, have you got family as well?
3: Yes, I have a partner that I live with here in San Francisco for 17 plus years. I also have a large family back in Detroit, Michigan,
1: mm-hmm. uh, the
3: motor city. Detroit is where I was born and raised.
1: Okay, cool. Perfect. Uh, So how do you find like social media in general in terms of building trust or a brand? You know, social media
3: to me is a double-edged sword. Um, (laughs) I think that social media can be really positive positive in that, you know, you can use it. I find a lot of coaching clients using it in terms of advertising on social media. Um, I, you know, there's just so many positive things you can, spread positive messages. I tend to use social media not only for advertising, but also to spread positive messages. Then, you know, the negative side of social media is there is so much uh, negativity on social media that you can get really worked up. And I think that social media can be sort of like this dark tunnel that you go down um, and you you use it to validate yourself. It can make you insecure. I think that it has all kinds of negative consequences and it can, you know, suck a lot of your time. And, uh, so, you know, I always, I'm telling people all the time, if you want more time in your day, just, you know, sh- turn off Facebook, you yeah, know,
1: because Yeah. Turn off notica- notifications for sure. I mean, and also same thing that many people use notifications. They're almost like offended when they don't respond immediately. If you're uh, a business owner, you might not even manage your own account, which I do. And, uh, yeah. And people can't say, like, well, I sent you a message. Like, and you might pick it up even months later, for example. Yeah. I'm really bad with Facebook uh, messaging because I got too many connections. Uh, people like the random people send you a hi on any platform. What do you do? Just yes. hi.
3: Well, I make it clear to most people that, are do- that I don't follow. If, you- if it's something that's really important, call me. Otherwise, send me an email, and that's it. Like, <laughs> Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, if anybody sends me messages in that, I make it really clear that I don't really follow those messages. Uh, I certainly, like you said, you know, I turn off those notifications because for me, you know, it's just so, you know, it's really important to be really productive in life and get a lot of stuff done that you want to get done is to have blocks of time that you can just concentrate. And when you're being bombarded constantly with these notifications, I mean, I think there was a Harvard study that they said that every single time you're your attraction, your um, interest is diverted by these things. It really takes like ten to twelve minutes for you to get back into the zone, as you know, with what you were doing before. So, yeah, I try to like really, you know, build a wall between myself and all those things.
1: Makes sense, Sean, How do you deal with messaging apps and so on in, in your life? Because you're not allowed to do it in school, for example. Yeah, it's actually very interesting.
0: I'm. Uh notifications really don't affect me for some reason in my brain doesn't register them. Even like if dad says like, I'm going to pick you up from school. Do, oh, do you want me to pick you up from school? I don't, it doesn't reg- register in my mind, that there's
2: a notification. That's I don't really know. I interesting. Think it's, my brain yeah. thinks it's just bland. Yeah. What sort of comments and messaging? Yeah. I I've turn, turned off my uh, notifications basically when I got the Instagram app, which is, the only social media that I use apart from the occasional YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's just
3: so important to do that. And uh, there is a great movie that, I don't know, it's a documentary. I don't know if you've guys seen it. It's called the social dilemma. Yeah. And yeah
1: very good. It's
3: good. Seen amazing. It's just amazing how, you know, they're actually keeping our attention and keeping our interest by yeah. and, and It just blows my mind.
0: And yeah. no, I actually had no idea that they were, like, strategically
1: planning these notifications and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. fascinating how they can really drill down into your consciousness. Exactly. And, and so, so, yeah. So, the next question is a little bit wonky, tricky. And it's because we're taking some of the text from your own LinkedIn page. So, the, hang, hang on. We are getting that. This is mainly for the listeners. So, Ivan, here we go. A, yeah. a long chunk of so, text.
2: Yeah. Chris did everything his coaches told him to. He followed the system and tried to duplicate. Assembled all the people he knew in his life as part of my sphere of influence. Tried calling them without knowing what to say. Went to weekly sales meetings. Spent a lot of money on mailings. Spoke to hundreds of people a day. Knocked on doors. Even tried cold calling which he hated. He faced rejection after rejection. He got frustrated and discouraged. Yes, he got many listings from this. We hope to
1: uncover some ideas outside the norm. So, uh, I have been in sales many years. I can really relate to so many of those. And the same also working with people in the real estate space. That, that's very much a normal way of how to do things. Um, so, hearing that long list, number one, what does it make you think or feel before we drill into the alternatives? Uh, that I, do I have any vodka in the house? Just kidding. Just kidding.
3: <laughs> uh, gave that up a long time ago. Um, yep. What does that make me? F- you know, I, while you're reading that list, honestly, I was feeling sort of mildly anxious. Yep. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself, my God, <clears throat> I was very successful early on because I did all those things, but I really didn't like doing
1: it. And uh, so maybe mildly anxious, actually. Yeah, so I've got the same same uh, thoughts as well. So I know many, many people listening to this podcast, lots of entrepreneurs in particular, they can really recognize that list if they've done any kind of like sales training, coaching and so on and so forth. Yeah. But there are other ways. So we hope to uh, unlock a, a few of those. So what will be alternative approach? So you ship in an idea, I'll do another one and see how many we can come up with here just on top of our heads. Okay. Uh, the word is yours, Chris. Well, specifically in real estate,
3: um, you know, what's really important. Number one is consistency. So whatever you do in any sales as an entrepreneur, as you probably know, you have to be really consistent. And I think that before I even get into that, I think that the most important thing too, is, uh, developing a consistent routine. I'm a firm believer that everybody has to have a routine in their life. And I think that your success is dependent upon your routine. And I think that that is the biggest problem that entrepreneurs and salespeople, especially real estate agents that I'm coaching, the yep. biggest problem is they're not being consistent uh, and they haven't really developed a routine. And then to, to more answer your question, though, I think the, mo- the important thing is to find out what works for you. Yep. Because as you know, Frederick, there's, I mean, there are you know, 87 different ways you can get business, but figuring out what works for you, what do you like to do? What's really, um, what brings joy doing it? What's fun to
1: do? I think that's really the most important thing. Cool, so I'll ship in one, with one really easy idea, which is really mm-hmm. hard to do in, in practice, or actually it's not very hard. It's called referral. So your happy customers, talk to them like, who else should I talk to? And we even went to, as far as we the companies, I work with as like the after service survey, like, who else should we speak to and what's the best number to contact them on? that's of course assuming that we're very happy customers which meant like one customer led to ideally not one but two new customers and that becomes like a positive flow and then when it comes more of a warm lead or even an introduction so i sent out a couple of requests for warm introductions today uh using my network so that, that's another idea so another idea from you chris (laughs) well i think that to dovetail with that i think that the
3: biggest problem for instance that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs have especially real estate agents is that they don't ask like you said people that you know your sphere of influence if you're not you working your soi um then you're really missing out on a ton of business and this is a big problem because i have real estate agents that are like you said they're cold calling they're knocking on doors they're they're doing facebook ads which i think is really complicated and can be really expensive um but they're not calling people that they know they're they're doing all these crazy things and yet the people that know and love them aren't being called they're not contacting them i think to myself these people like you why don't you just call them and ask them for referrals so that's one thing.
1: Yeah, I'll build on that. So you would like to be like the local go-to person, person who knows your own specific area. This not only relates to uh, real estate agents, it rel- relates to anything really. Do you want to be the connector for your local community? So you're sharing business news, for example, on a podcast, on your YouTube or anything. So you've got like a platform to reach multiple people where you can introduce friends of yourselves or, or wh- whoever you want or share news. And that's another great way how people will have you on front of mine without being too salesy.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. As,
1: feel free to chip in if you've got any other ideas. I'll give the word over to Chris for one more final idea on this, how to sell in unusual ways. And boys, if you know any other ideas, feel free to chip in after Chris. Yeah, sure. Sure.
3: I think that one thing is to contact professionals. I know that this is something that's really important in the real estate community. If you want to build your sphere of influence in so your SOI and you want to get more referrals by building your you know, sphere of influence. I currently right now have over 3,000 people that are in my SOI that I'm contacting at least three to four times a year, asking them for referrals. But one of the ways I built that list is to contact attorneys, to contact CPAs, Uh, insurance brokers, investment advisors, all these people work with the people that could be your clients. And one of the, uh, another idea is working with probate attorneys, especially I'm working with attorneys that I've introduced myself all over San Francisco. And quite frankly, all over the San Francisco Bay area, I'm working with probate attorneys because they're dealing with dead people. And these people frequently have real estate, part of their estate. And so I work with them to try to get referrals and I do quite a bit of business from that as well. So, you know, working with professional people is definitely important.
1: I like to chip in there. I bought more than, more than a handful of properties and if I just average out the number of properties where there's been a probate, someone has died who lived there or selling the yeah. property, it's actually 20% of all the properties I've acquired, which is now thinking about it, that's, that's quite high. That's, uh, great. There's, that's sure that there's, great. There's a need, a motivated seller Uh, who is obviously the dependents, who would like to have the money rather than an empty house. Sure. Any ideas come up with any of you guys? Not really. That's perfectly fine. This is our space. I didn't, Frederick, I didn't uh, uh,
3: realize that you are a real estate mogul.
1: No, 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 I I'm (laughs) learning. I'm learning from great people like yourself. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I, I have, again, for the people who don't know me listening to this, I have real estate holding companies. I have real estate purchase finance companies, including like crowdfunding. Uh, I also got uh, real estate management and, and even like yourself, uh, real estate sales uh, company as well. But they're all on very small scale, mm-hmm. which means you can allow those businesses to do business with each other in, That's a, great. in a clever way. So for example, to have an in-house management company uh, saves you anything from Four to twelve percent on your uh, uh, on your uh, margin base, basically. That's great. That's great. Good for you. Well, it's, it's it's good. We we are we are uh, in the same space for sure. All right. Yeah. So looking down the list here of things we thought about ahead of this, uh, da, 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 da. let's jump to this one here. Can
2: you explain what it takes to become a real estate agent in California?
3: And actually, what's interesting, it doesn't take that much. Um, <laughs>
1: I, I know, but i love for people to understand that as well.
3: Go ahead. Yeah, no, it, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you legally what it takes, and then I'll tell you what it really takes. Legally, yeah. in the state of California, and just like most of the United states, most of the states uh, in this country, you, do, you have to pass an exam, you have to take a five-part uh, five course, then you have to pass an exam. It's really sort of easy. I mean, you know, again, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to, to be successful doing it, but what it really takes to be a real estate agent, and this goes with any kind of entrepreneurship, starting any kind of business, what it really takes is, is it takes tenacity, it takes perseverance, it takes consistency, yeah. um, you know, figure out what you're doing, what you want to have, you know, in terms of having a fun business a fun environment yep. but if you none of this stuff is going to be handed to you on a silver platter and it's funny I just had a good friend of mine last week uh talk about this and she said well can't I just start at your real estate company and eat donuts and hang out at the water cooler and I'm like <laughs> that's just not the way it works you know you got to get in there <laughs> You got to get in there and you got to hustle. You got to find your business because nobody's going to hand you this business on a silver platter. So, yeah, I think that it, all those things are super important.
1: Yeah. We had a, a guest on a previous podcast. His name is uh, Zach Scriven. He was uh, very much a video guy who built his following on LinkedIn, doing videos about various business questions, building a social media following. And he in the last half year, he has pivoted and using his skills and network uh, to become a real estate agent in Arizona. Uh, with the purpose of applying his video skills, editing and network to to focus on the high end. Mm-hmm. Properties, and seems to work quite fine for him. And we have many other friends who... Uh, do it in different ways. So
3: yeah, that's- Yeah, I think it's really important to use your skills. I mean, the whole thing for me, and this is, I talk about this in my book, the whole thing that I think is really super important is to use your natural born skills to help other people. And to me, that is what brings me the greatest amount of joy in my life. And I, I look at it from being a CPA to being a real estate agent, to being a coach. Um, you know, it's all really about helping to elevate people and make people better. And, you know, doing podcasts like this, what you're doing with this podcast, I mean, I just think it's amazing that you're doing this because you're helping so many people. And it's
1: such a great feeling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's perfect. Yeah. Uh, just to give you another benchmark, if you, for example, would like to become a real estate agent in the UK, uh-huh. we, we have zero degrees. You don't even need to have a badge. You can say like, I am a real estate agent and now you're a real estate agent. Uh, wow. with a very low barrier to entry means that there can also be a quite high transition of people trying it out, not like it, and, and the people who find their way, they, they like it, obviously, and stay on.
3: Yeah, it's the same way in Panama. I actually have a condo in Panama, and I spend part of the year in Panama, and yep. uh, it's like cowboy land real estate Indeed. there's no multiple listing service. It's just you call yourself a real estate agent Poop. you're a real estate agent you know and
1: so you know, Ivan you don't need to go to school you can head straight to the u s get a green card and your agent <laughs> are these things
2: different are these things different between different states it must be right
3: you know the things even between counties here in the United States like in California like you know, I'm in San Francisco County. Across the bay is Alameda County. They do things differently there, but the differences are so—they're just small ticky-tack kind of differences. Substantially, the the sale of real estate in, in the United States is pretty much the same everywhere. Mm. But it's just small little regional di- differences.
1: I'd like to show you another example again for the sake of the international audience. We actually got listeners in 118 countries last time we showed. Very cool. Very cool. And um, in Sweden, it. It's a three year at university level. So, you need to have a bachelor's degree to become a real estate agent. So, first, three years on a specific program. And then you need to have like the, the badge just yes, certifying that yes, you've done the three years as well. Uh, but the difference here compared to the UK, basically, the agent is listing it, but the agent is also completing the whole transaction. So, there are no solicitors involved. So, they, they do the, the equivalent of like the land registry, they do all the searches, and, and there, there are more tasks involved. And and I have just for fun done pretty much all of those courses uh, in addition to my previous studies just to have it. But I haven't bothered to get the the badge because it's not prof- my profession. I'm in Sweden today, but I live actually in the United Kingdom. And that's where I got most of my... Oh, okay. Income. Yeah, I
3: was just thinking to myself, God, if you had to go get a bachelor's degree to become yeah. a real estate agent in Sweden, that would really weed out a lot of people. Indeed, indeed.
1: Yeah, it does. And it does also affect the salaries. The salaries, I think, are higher... Weird. The, especially the lower level, is much higher compared to any other country as well. Huh, interesting. And while uh, with the nice transaction values you've got in, in the Bay Area, just give me a couple of examples of listings you've had on the higher end just to give the boys uh, a feel for how expensive it can be over there.
3: Well, it's, okay, San Francisco is very much like uh, you know New York, D.C., L.A., so the prices mm-hmm. are are very high here in San Francisco compared to the rest of the country. I think that um, in the United States, on average, the average uh, sales price for a single family home is I don't know, like $300,000 maybe. Yep. Wow. Um, yep. Here in San Francisco, it's a million dollars. My average sales price that I sell here in, in San Francisco is about $2 million. Um, sorry. Sorry, sorry, yeah, no worries. So, um, and you know, just some listings that I've sold. Um, I just sold two weeks ago a five million dollar home, which is beautiful. Uh, and uh, I have, gosh, most of the listings I have are like in the one to two million dollar range. And then I'm bringing um, a three million dollar home on the market two weeks, a two million dollar home, and another two million dollar home coming up. So yeah, those are the prices. Yeah,
1: yeah, very very interesting numbers as well in terms of five million dollars.
3: Like, how does that house look like?
1: what is a five million
3: dollar house <laughs> it's a pretty cool house you would like it <laughs> yeah it's um it's how big is it i want to say it's about uh four thousand square feet it's on three yeah. levels it's in one of the nicest areas i don't know what four thousand square feet is what was that? about 400 meters square meters yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah um, I mean, yeah and it, it's,
3: it's, new. Oh. it's brand new too it's also brand new i mean it's like something out of architectural digest magazine it's pretty see.
1: uh so Without uh, telling too much, how did you get that kind of lo- uh, listing? Was it because of your reputation, or was it your approach, or what? It was just my charming personality,
3: Fred. Love please. it, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. I mean one of the things I think that if you want to work the higher end market in real estate is that you have to be introduced to people that yeah. are going to do that. Uh, I've also had the good fortune of being in real estate for over 25 years. So the people that I'm working with, like for instance, the, the buyer for this house was somebody I've worked and did two transactions with in the past. Great. So I, great. I think so. You just, you have to have the experience, but you also just need to hang out where wealthier people hang out. You need to be introduced to wealthier people. Um, yeah. So that's what you do.
2: Yeah. Connections. Great, great, great also. Connections. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So uh, before you said uh, you were talking about how you invest your time into doing things that make you happy and that Mm. like help other people, which I'm guessing makes you happy. So what, (laughs) how, what does our podcast name, which is invest in you, what does investing in yourself mean to you?
3: Well, that's a good question. Um, investing in myself, I think is really all about investing in my physical, my mental well-being. And I think that the, the easiest way to do that for me personally is to develop a really solid morning routine. and yep. so what I do to invest in myself is I typically get up in the morning, I meditate, I exercise, and then I used to run, then I blew out my knees. then I went now i 'm a big swimmer, but they closed the pools because of COVID. Mm. And so. So now what I'm doing is just walking five miles every morning yeah. until they open. That's, that's, good.
1: that's good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And so, so I, I work,
3: out, uh, and then I come back, eat a great breakfast. And so I'm, uh, pretty much vegetarian, almost vegan ish. Yep. So I try to take care of what I put into my body, but yeah, investing in myself really is all about my mental and physical health. Yeah. Cause let me tell you what, what's really important for me is when I am at my peak physical and mental health, I get into a state of joy really easily. And from a state of joy, I feel I can do anything.
1: Okay, so I can,
3: I can, whatever it is I need to do or accomplish in my life to achieve my goals. It's really all about getting into that state of joy. I think happiness is sort of BS. I think that happiness is just this nebulous concept. But being really joyful is really where it's at. And so I think that's our job as humans, really, is to try to figure out what is it for you? What brings you into a state of joy? Me, it's helping people, uh, but I love reading, I love exercising, but I think that's really important is just get into a state of joy.
1: Perfect, perfect. Now I know myself when I'm very much in in flow state when things are going well, might have some really positive feedback from public speaking, While you close a great deal and you raise more funds for another project. When I'm at that stage, it's just the positivity. It's almost like radiating, which pulls in even yeah. more people to yourself. Mm-hmm. Which means again, to to get a listing like the one you mentioned, you will really just work because of your 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 positivity, the can do, you're not desperate. All of those things really shine through. What's your thoughts? Well, don't forget that? about the charming personality. Love it, and <laughs> <a smile. laughs> Yeah.
3: So I-, shall- I totally I totally Absolutely agree with you 100%. I think it's just really important to, you know, ride that wave of positivity. But, you know, I can't make myself positive. Again, I just bring it back to my mental and my physical health because, you know, if I go out one night and I eat meat or I have two glasses of wine, which I pretty much stop drinking, yep. it's just I feel the next day I just don't feel good. You know, I just feel sort of and, uh, you know, I just don't feel like I'm really wanting to do anything.
1: Yeah, no, I've tried. They're both uh, the, the vegan and vegetarian uh, options as well as part of losing quite a lot of weight in most number of months. And uh, I, I, I agree. you, you feel That's, that? That's really tough to Are do you? in
3: Stockholm, though, I have to tell you. I was there. I was in Stockholm a year and a half ago. And
1: the food sure is good. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know it is. Uh, I like to look back to, to the boys here because we all have different versions of what like flow is and everything else feels mm-hmm. great in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would like to go first or an example where things first. feel really good? What would that be for you? That would be when I'm, uh, because I'm quite fit,
0: but I feel I've become like a lot more fit when I, when I have this uh, training routine. Right. So if I'm doing my training routine, I'm mm-hmm. stretching, I'm cycling school um, and uh, I'm enjoying school and uh, being with my friends yeah. and uh, having a laugh with my friends. That, that, That's good. All of those things
2: contribute to me being Extremely happy. Yeah,
1: let's do the full round. Oh, what, what does that mean for you?
2: Well, uh, it really feels great. I do a lot of training too, <laughs> but I'm not going to get into that. What I'm going to say is, sleep for me, like it helps so much because, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I'm a teenager and I sleep a lot as well. Like uh, I sleep more than other teenagers probably need to, and uh, when I do, uh, I just feel so fantastic and I have so much energy and mm-hmm. I can get so much done. Yeah. So How many hours do you sleep at night? Sorry? How many hours do you sleep a night? During a school week, it's probably somewhere in between 7 and 8. I'm trying to no. get 8, it's difficult.
1: Yeah.
2: Because uh, the thing what, what happens with when you have school is you're going for a whole school day, you're waking up really early, uh, driving to school or get, getting driven to school, going for a whole long school day. Then you have assignments and stuff to do after school and training and then it's the evening, and now you have to try to do something that you like to do, I don't know, something that's chill because you're so exhausted. So that is when the social media comes in, and mm. then you get no sleep, and then you repeat the same day again. So that's basically what I'm trying to <laughs> get out of right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. More, uh, uh, you you, you, sh- you should do morning there. Uh, what else gets you into real like the, the, the feel-good flow state, or whatever you call that in your life? Well, you know, really uh, doing my coaching calls. Getting on the phone and talking to people. I know
3: it sounds really elemental, but no, it's great. It's getting, on the, getting on the phone. When I get on a coaching call and I tell somebody to do certain uh, one thing or give them an idea and they're like, wow, I never thought about that. That's a great idea. Or they implement something that I tell them to do and it really works for them. Yeah. You know, when I hear that when I'm on the phone with these people, I'll tell you, Frederick, I can I can live off that for days. Yep. days.
0: It's like you're succeeding for yourself. yeah
1: yeah, i I very much also measure myself by my coaches or mentees Mm -hmm. success which is really not the right thing to do but i I do very much enjoy to help other people to achieve uh, especially if you think about like more freedom in their life through better Mm -hmm. financial decisions for example i find that very empowering and and great for me as well because i feel like a winner while they are the winners and that's one of the things that i i love talking about too because That's one of the things that I put in this book. My whole
3: book is really all about how do you make yourself strong in all your different life areas? And and then how do you give it all back? It's like a big circle to me, you know, Mm -hmm. make yourself strong in your all your life areas so you can help others. And I just love
1: that. Indeed. Indeed. Perfect. Good one.
0: Yeah. um, I'm curious. One of our questions is tell us more about the agent unleashed. Is that the book that you're
3: talking about? So no, I have a book called massive abundance, how to create passion purpose and prosperity in yeah. Your life. And then uh, the, that was really sort of like the Genesis of the agent unleashed and the agent unleashed is essentially what it is, is a coaching slash mastermind group. So I do one-on-one coaching with real estate agents across the country. But then in addition, we get on a zoom call every two weeks and we just get on the call and talk about every, uh, each other's business other yep. markets, what's working, what's not working. We have a lot of fun. I know you might find this hard to believe, but I tell really stupid jokes. <laughs> and we just have a really good time uh, right. helping each other out because I think that that is a great way to, again, get into a state of joy that you guys were talking about earlier, get into the flow. And that is asking other people, masterminding with other people yep. in all your life areas, but masterminding with other people in terms of what's working and what's not working. I find to me, it's so motivating. I yep. get incentive. I get great ideas. I mean, it's just a, it's a no brainer for me.
1: Yeah. You, you really learn a lot from, uh, from coaching. Uh, yeah. the, the more advanced stu- students you might have uh, and, and you help them with deals and so on. Uh, that's really great. I completely agree. And okay. you know
3: what, Frederick, you don't even need to have a coach. You know, I'm shooting myself in the foot, but you know, I would love to be, you know, your coach, right? But you don't need to pay thousands of dollars to a coach. You sure. can actually find other people in the same industry in different parts of the country or whatever and introduce yourself and say, hey, would you like to get on the phone every two weeks and talk about our businesses okay. and see what's working, what doesn't work? And So you can do it on your own if you want. But, you How know, do you do just it? what I realized early on is you can't do anything in a vacuum. If you try to do everything by yourself without any support, uh, which is one of the things in my book. If you try to do something without the support, it's just you're not either not going to do it or it's going to take you a lot longer. You can really beat the learning curve by you know getting other yeah. people involved in your life.
1: Yeah, and I've been part of different masterminds over the last eight years. I'm between groups right now, but very much most of that time and the success has been, and even deals and, and things, ideas within those peer groups, been able to lift me to high heights, which I not would not have done on myself. Absolutely, absolutely. But did you, yeah. do you tell silly jokes though, Röder? I think <laughs> I do. I think I do. <laughs> uh, especially when you've got multicultural uh, jokes. And, uh, yeah, there you go, I love it, I love it. So I've been teaching in, for example, China to teach negotiation tactics in China or wow. down under in Australia. Sometimes the Swedish jokes to come, come out in the right way.
3: I love it very cool
1: yeah
0: yeah sure um I have another question for you um it's about where you are working from and stuff like that so what has been your favorite office so far place that you've worked from
3: Favorite, oh, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. Uh, The Favorite place, you know, I've had some really cool offices. In Scoop, when I was a CPA in New York, um, I had a really cool office overlooking Times Square, so that was really cool. Um, I had a really cool corner office here in San Francisco, which is literally, I I live downtown, so it was only like two blocks away. Um, But then I realized that going to an office, per se, wasn't really benefiting me, and I didn't really like just going to an office. So I still have access to an office. Um, I have access to a conference room. My secretary is still in the office, but I work from home. And I found over the last 10 years that uh, working from home has really been a big uh, benefit for me. And uh, so I guess right now my house, my house is my best office.
1: <laughs> Love it, perfect, yeah, keep it simple.
3: Keep it simple, exactly.
2: Fantastic. Now, what is the best, best place to find you online? or your favorite social media?
3: Well, the best place to find me online is my website. And one of the things that any of your viewers want a copy of my book, I'd be more than happy to send it to them if they go to theagentunleashed.com. And I also provide a free coaching session there as well. So it's AgentUnleash.com and maybe you guys could put it in the show notes. Yeah,
1: yeah, we will, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's really generous and that's what we love with this podcast as well. Where people, uh, great guests like yourself, Chris, uh, are not only offering the time on the, on the podcast, but also an extra resource like your book or even like a follow-up telephone call. Because even if many hundreds or thousands listen to this podcast, very few people will take you up on that offer. But those that actually do, they will greatly benefit. And who knows what those new ideas might lead to for, for both of you. So, yeah, and of course, Absolutely. if you don't list your uh, property in, in the area, you're the first agent from that region who are on this podcast. Even if we had a, a guy called uh, Andrew Miller uh, from exactly the same region uh, just a few days ago. He is in the digital marketing space. or so he might want to step up a house from you instead. So who knows? There you go.
3: Sounds cool. And I answer, you know, hit me up on my website because I answer all my own emails and calls yeah. myself. I love it.
1: Yeah, perfect. So outside business, what do you really enjoy doing when you're not working too much? Beyond your morning routine? Well, outside well, can we talk about pre-COVID? Yeah,
3: absolutely, absolutely. Uh, what I really, I'm, my biggest passion probably is exercising and traveling. I love traveling. Uh, so we frequently go to Panama. We try to spend as much time as possible in Panama. And I'm fortunate that they have a nonstop flight between San Francisco and Panama city. Um, but no, I just, I love traveling and meeting new people and meeting different cultures. And yeah. one of the reasons we're trying to spend time down there so I can learn Spanish and just be part of the culture. Um, the thing about Panama is there are a lot of gringos there so there are a lot of people from Europe but <laughs> yeah, also a lot of people from Canada and the United States and so I'm meeting a lot of those people and it's like I don't want to meet those people I want to meet the local people
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, I, just,
3: I love experiencing different cultures
1: yeah I mean in, in London which is my home city you would arguably have the, the 10th biggest Swedish city is actually the people that are Swedish living in London But I rarely ever meet any of them, even if that's a big part of the population. I'm not living in London to meet Swedes, but I do go to Sweden a lot because since a few years ago, because of business, uh, they could uh, head back from London to live in Sweden and stuff. So, yeah.
3: Yeah, that's great. And my partner is from Brazil, so we uh, travel to Brazil a lot. And I think that I speak Portuguese really well, but unfortunately,
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're telling me I don't.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: Yeah, tough, tough one. Yeah, no, I, I thought that I understood Portuguese because of my Spanish knowledge, but clearly I don't when I was there.
3: Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> the,
1: the Portuguese
3: actually conjugate their verbs more, time, uh, more times than French.
1: Yeah, that's,
3: that's, that's pretty rough. Yeah.
2: So, as a person who has a mom as a French teacher, that sounds terrible. <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, we've got a couple of languages. So he's studying French, he's doing German, I'm doing a bit of bad English, worse English, and a few more languages. You're doing a great job. <laughs> yeah, after all, I mean, from my point of view, English for my second language is Ivan's second, is probably Sean's first. Um, maybe. Maybe. Or so we can argue. Yeah. I'm jealous. I am totally jealous. <laughs> all right. Chris, it's been a fantastic time to have you on the podcast. Uh, thank you ever so much Shirley. what do you usually say to our lovely listeners thank you for listening and as always thank you Chris
2: for being on the podcast it's been amazing having you yeah Yeah. my pleasure
1: yeah last question
2: thank you for listening and uh, it's been very interesting meeting you great
1: you, you will have the chance to close down the show with whatever you want
3: Well, I'm just honored and I'm so impressed with what you guys are doing with this podcast. It's truly amazing and uh, it was just a pleasure being here. Thank you so much.